0: This podcast includes information provided by the issuer and does not express the views of the interviewer. This podcast may also include forward-looking statements by the issuer that involve certain risks and uncertainties to its business. Because forward-looking statements are subject to risks and uncertainties, the issuer's actual results could differ from those indicated in this podcast. Welcome to the Planet Microcap Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Kraft, and thank you all so much for the support and for tuning in. You can follow Planet Microcap on Twitter at Bobby K. Kraft. That's B-O-B-B-Y-K-K-R-A-F-T. And you are listening to episode 60. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to tweet at me or shoot me an email at rcraft at And when you do get a chance, if you like what you hear, please rate and review Planet Microcap on iTunes. It really helps provide feedback for me and spread the Microcap message. For this episode of the Planet Microcap podcast, I spoke with Galileo Russell. He is the founder and CEO of HyperChange TV. The mission of this podcast, as most of you know, is all about educating the next generation of investors about how to invest in Microcap stocks. This is an episode I've wanted to do for a while because... Funny enough, I haven't done a Basics of the Basics episode yet, and the goal here is to provide some tips about how to read SEC filings, as well as how to analyze financials. The reason I invited Galileo to discuss this topic is because he published a very succinct, informational, and approachable YouTube series about investing called Investing 101. I'm really excited about sharing this episode because it can provide some tools to those who are ready to start their investing careers. Thank you again for tuning in to Episode 60 of the Planet Microcap Podcast. Please enjoy my interview with Galileo Russell. But first, a word from our sponsor. To my loyal listeners, subscribers, and fans, Robert Kraft here, your host on the Planet Microcap Podcast. The 2018 Investor Conference season is upon us. Where are you going this year? I'd like to take a second to invite you to join me and some of the guests you may have heard on this podcast to our annual MicroCap Investor Conference, the Planet MicroCap Showcase, April 24 to 26, 2018 at the Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. The Planet MicroCap Showcase will be two and a half days of company presentations, networking opportunities, and educational workshop, and you get to meet privately in one-on-one meetings with management of well-known public and private MicroCap companies. We are back with new surprises and programming that you will not want to miss. So join us for the Planet Microcap Showcase, April 24 to 26, 2018, at the Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. For more information and register to attend, please visit www.planetmicrocapshowcase.com. See you in Vegas. For this episode of the Planet Microcap Podcast, I have Galileo Russell on the program. He is the founder and CEO of HyperChange TV. Galileo, welcome to the Planet Microcap Podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great
0: to have you on. So to get started here, what is your background?
1: So I've been investing for about 10 years now. Uh, it all kind of started when one of my uncles got me the snowball by Warren Buffett And that sort of got me hooked on the stock market and learning more about finance and economics. Ever since then, I've kind of been teaching myself how to invest, Uh, went to NYU to study finance, Um, have been blogging on Seeking Alpha for about six or seven years, and uh, more recently started a YouTube channel called Hyperchange TV, which is sort of like Writing a Seeking Alpha article, but putting it in video form where I talk about the companies I'm investing in, the different trends I'm researching and sort of open sourcing my investing journey so I can help people learn about investing and also leverage the community and viewers to, you know, teach me new things and and help me think through my investment thesis. And so I'd say my biggest interests are probably, you know, technology stocks like uh, I'm a big investor in Tesla, Um, also really interested in crypto assets and then also fascinated by micro cap companies and, you know, always looking for the next great small cap.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know, then how'd you get your start investing in micro cap stocks?
1: So when I was reading The Snowball by Warren Buffett, you know, he started out in micro cap stocks and that sort of gave me the initial spark in looking into that sector of the market. And the more I research I did into that, I realized that this is such an undiscovered uh, piece of the financial markets, you know, big institutions can't compete in small caps. If you have a lot of money, you can't invest in them. So the competition is a lot less. And that's why a lot of great investors have started micro cap stocks. Additionally, I think, you know, the upside longer term can be a lot bigger if you're investing in a company earlier. And in theory, you know, these stories are earlier in the micro cap space, you can find younger, smaller companies. Um, so I really like the idea of thinking long term, going big, um, taking more risks since I'm pretty young. And so that kind of got me interested in micro cap stocks. And then, you know, that combined with the fact that I think the smartest financial minds are playing in bigger companies kind of makes the playing field a lot easier for an individual investor to have an edge. And so, you know, the combination of that really got me hooked on learning more about micro cap stocks and investing in them. Mm-hmm.
0: So then when, when assessing a new uh, potential investment in a micro cap stocks, you, you know, what, what are some of the things that you look for?
1: Yeah, so with a microcap stock, the first thing that I'm always looking for is the share count and how that's trended over time. Because you know, frankly, a lot of the microcaps, caps, um, because they're small and because a lot of them are traded over the counter, you know, there's less regulatory insight. You know, a lot of them may be having practices where the governance is weak. They're diluting shareholders. And so I think the biggest way to catch a red flag and find out and kind of separate, you know, the junk companies from the great ones is figure out what's happening with the company's share count. Because I think a ton of companies in the microcap space are really diluting constantly. Um, and that's a big red flag to me. And if you find a company that's not, that's valuable. Valuing its share count, then that's a really good indicator of the quality of the management team and the company overall. So that's the first place I always look. Um, and then I would say beyond that, um, then I start trying to think about products and services that I use every day. So, you know, ideally, I want to invest in a company that I understand as a consumer. You know, either I'm a customer or I know a customer. But I think it's really important to kind of have that angle to look at a stock. So I would say those are kind of the two first lenses of, of how I would approach looking at a micro cap company.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and you know, I, I also just
0: got to know, you know, because you are you are young, you're, you're, how old are you again? You're twenty. What, what 25
1: today actually it's my birthday oh
0: what happy birthday dude oh this yeah, is thank how you. cool um you know so in your in your in your young experience you know in microcaps i mean you don't have to give a percentage of how you've done or anything but you know just just to kind of qualify you in a sense you know what you know how how have you done you know in in uh, so far in your career
1: uh, i would say i mean my best investments have not been microcaps uh, so I don't know what that says about the space or not, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I've kind of learned, uh, I'd say I have a lot of like my toughest learning lessons in micro caps. Like that's the way I learned everything the hard way, you know, like I invested in a lot of companies not knowing what share count was, uh, you know, seeing consistent revenue growth, getting really excited about a company, you know, in an industry like big data where I thought, you know, clearly the future is heading, but I didn't understand the product. And so they weren't actually latching onto that trend. They were also diluting shareholders, you know, so I think I learned a lot of my hardest lessons in microcap, um, And that kind of uh, was the building block for why I'm investing or the way I think about investing in bigger companies now, and also even crypto assets. Um, But yeah, and I also am a really, you know, personally, I'm just a super concentrated investor, you know, I only own one stock, and that's Tesla. And so um, if there if I had a bigger portfolio, and I was a little bit like more beyond in my career then I would consider adding micro caps. But I also think it's important, you know, generally just to have a super focused investment thesis. You know, you have to have an edge in the market. You really have to understand something better than anyone else. And so that's why I really like to only stick to a handful of companies. And, you know, for the past year or two, I've only had about uh, one company in my portfolio, um, uh, the last microcap company that I invested in was Jones Soda, and I no longer have invested in them. But um, I didn't do too well there. actually came out about break-even. But, you know, that was a company I was invested in for two years, learned a ton of lessons. Um, you know, I think they had a great management team. They were trying really hard. But the bottom line is the craft soda industry is just really tough. Like, people are getting smarter about sure. what beverages they drink. And that was kind of leading to less people drinking soda. And so, you know, from that, I learned a lesson about you know, thinking about the broader industry as a whole. It's not just about the company and the brand. Um, and yeah, so I'd say microcaps you know, didn't have too much investing success, but that's where a lot of my best lessons were learned that have led to success in other areas of the investing world.
0: And that's why I, you know, I'm glad you said that because that's why I was really excited to, to do an interview with you because, you know, at the end of the day, microcaps and this is something I've Said you know since the first episode, it's a great place to start. Whether you make money or not, if you're interested in the stock market and how it all works, starting off in microcaps is is where you will learn the most. Whether it's you know on a great win or a loss or both, you know so uh, you clearly experience the the highs and lows. <laughs>
1: Definitely. Definitely. And I think that's the best way to learn is just kind of go all in and make mistakes. And like originally when I put my money into an E-Trade account, um, like the first stock I bought was Sony. The Great Recession happened right after and like (laughs) it crashed. But, you know, then you learn about recessions and you learn about. So I just think the kind of mindset of always learning and and taking every investment And looking at it as a case study is really helpful. And uh, microcaps especially because um, the other thing that I will say about microcaps that that I'm a huge fan of is I've been able to talk to the management teams of most of the microcaps I've been invested in. And I think that's a huge advantage that you're not going to get in, in talking to bigger companies, you know, maybe you'll get an IR person on the phone if you're lucky. But the, the bottom line is those management teams don't have the time to talk to small investors. If you're investing in microcaps, there's a chance they do. And so that was been one of the most valuable learning experiences with for me has been able to sit down face to face with management teams, ask them questions about the company. And you know, that is like one of the best learning experiences, I think out there in the investing world. And that's something that only exists in the micro cap universe.
0: Dude, come on. You couldn't get Elon on the phone? Come on.
1: Yeah, Elon, I've been waiting to speak with you know, I can't, yeah, he won't reply to any of my emails, so I don't know. <laughs> That's funny.
0: So, uh, you know, a- another reason I actually uh, invited you on today, too, is uh, it actually has to do with your with your YouTube series that you've uh, just created hyperchange.tv. And um, on there you started this investing one-on-one series. And and I thought it would be really fun to discuss uh, some of these videos on here because there's a lot of really good uh, beginning investing information that you know some of my audience uh, either you know most probably know, but maybe some need a refresher. And there's some beginning investors on here that uh, you know would love to know some of the tips and tricks that you uh, discuss in those videos. So you know to start, you state that uh, that SEC filings are the first principles of finance.
1: Why? Yeah, so I think SEC filings are like the greatest gift. They're the most hidden gem way to do research on a company that nobody that almost not enough people are looking at, I think. Um, And, you know, these are filings that you can access online where companies detail every single line of their financial statements. They're audited. Uh, They tell you their business strategy, you know, how much money they lost in a certain period, uh, how much, you know, their share count increased, you know, whether they're profitable or not, whether their revenue is growing. All of this is held within the SEC filings and I call them the first principles of finance because, you know, I think you can read analysis, you can read articles, you can ask your friends what they think. But the bottom line is like none of that's coming from the company. You know, I think the way to look at a stock um, is to start with the first principles of like, okay, what is their revenue? What is their profit? You know, what is their share count? What is their debt? What is their cash? And these are actually facts that, you know, are audited, that are real, and I think that's the building block for doing analysis on a company is understanding what the facts are. And so I think, and you know, no matter what analysis or article you read, I just think going to the facts is always going to get you a clearer picture of actually what's happening, and almost no one is doing this. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of why I think of them as the first principles, because whenever somebody throws a stock or company at me, I immediately go to their SEC filings and start reading you know, straight from the company's mouth, what is going on.
0: So in and you know, this whole topic of SEC filings as well, you know, especially in microcaps, I mean, in, in all stocks, it's it's important to analyze, but especially in microcaps, you know, that's where your edge can be. You know, I mean Maj Swedan from Geo Investing talks about it all the time with information arbitrage, that his his concept there. And, uh, you know, especially in microcaps, this is where you can go and find information that uh, you know maybe companies aren't big on putting out press releases. You know this is where you can get all that stuff that you know will help you
1: and guide you in your investment decision, correct? Totally. And kind of what I was mentioning before about the microcap universe, you're not competing with professional money managers in a lot of cases. You know it's a lot more retail investors. Um, and so I think those retail investors are less likely to do the homework and dig into the SEC filings generally. So you know, maybe inv- bigger investment funds are really doing that. But I think you're, you know, you hit the nail on the head, you can have a huge edge and information advantage. If you read these SEC filings thoroughly, because there, are you know, there's so many times where I like my entire opinion or thesis of a company has changed because of one contract they outlined on page 60, whatever of their SEC filing that I've never seen anyone write about before that no one's talking about that I think is the most important thing going on with the company. And so, you know, I, there's countless times that's happen. You know, I just think, um, yeah, it just can't be understated, like the info and and the edge in there, because I really think most people aren't doing that homework.
0: Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, just to quickly divert from SEC filings, because we've said this word edge a lot, and it's a gambling term. And it's it's something that, you know, as a when you're gambling or, you know, making uh, placing bets, you know, this is something that you're always looking for as a place where, uh, it, you can see that you may have an advantage, you know? So in, in your opinion, you know, how, how would you define that? Because I feel like a lot of beginning investors, like, you know, they hear this is where you get your edge or, you know, well, why micro caps? And, and I feel like it's, that's like such a key sale salient point to drive home, you know? So in, in your opinion, how, how would you, how would you describe edge and, and finding that?
1: Yeah. And I think, You know, it's important to note, like edge doesn't mean like a quick thing of like, you know about one thing that nobody else knows about. Like, I really think an edge is really just knowing a company better than anyone else. Like, that's the way to get an advantage. And that just takes a lot of time and a lot of studying, like beyond the SEC filings, which I think is a great place to start. Like, you really have to understand the company, the ins and outs. Like, that's why I think being a customer is so valuable because, you know, how you feel about it. financials are lagging indicators of a company's performance you want and you know the stock market's forward thinking you need to be thinking about the future how is this going to evolve and if you're the customer then you can get these gut feelings of you know am I going to buy more of this product in the future am I going to stop buying this product in the future because there's another better one and that's all really really valuable insight that I think leads to an edge so at the end of the day for me, an edge is just understanding a company better than everyone else. And so, you know, if you, you think about a company like Tesla, it's huge and there's so many people studying it that I think if you're not studying it constantly and 100 percent dedicated to it, like you won't have an edge because there's so many other smart people analyzing it. And that's why, you know, microcaps are a little easier because maybe there's less people looking at a given company. So it's easier to understand it better than the status quo. And that's your edge. You know, you just want to have a better understanding than most investors out there. Um, and, and that's kind of the way I think about edge.
0: Cool. And, and going back to SEC filings, you know, one way to get that edge is analyzing SEC filings. So for you, you know, what, what are some tips that new investors can use to help navigate these documents?
1: Yeah, I, I made a couple of videos going line by line to try and help explain this. But I think the best tip is to just start doing it. And that's how I did it. Like find a company you like, read the SEC filings every quarter when they come out, read the next one. And, you know, they'll. if you're a new investor or even someone like myself, like there's all the, you know, there'll be complicated terms for debt and, you know, all these convertible notes that are really complex financial instruments that are included in the SEC filings. So I think you can't be intimidated that you won't know or understand at all. You just got to start diving in head first. Google terms you don't know, um, and just kind of Take control of it uh, of the research and just throw yourself in it and start immersing yourself in these documents. And I just think that's the best way to kind of get up to speed and start learning.
0: Mm-hmm. But and then but then within these documents, you know, what are what are some things that can help? You know, so that I'm not reading uh, page twenty three, uh, all the legal, you know, mumbo jumbo before I get to the meat and potatoes of what I want to read.
1: Got you. Yeah. I would skip immediately to the financial tables. Okay. And so I think this is the most important part. Like there's a, you know, there'll be a risk section that details all the risks of a company. And, you know, those are important if you really want to get into the nuances of the business. But that also can really bog you down. Because at the end of the day, these things are hundreds of pages long. And I think, you know, the most important facts and data in it is like the financials. Like what was the revenue? Like I would start with the income statement because I think that's the most important part of the business, you know, are are they generating revenue? Is it up or down? Did they make a profit on that revenue? Is that profit going up or down? Um, and then you can go to the balance sheet and the cash flows. And so I think, you know, that is where I would start with any um, SEC filing is, is look at the financials first.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, so in, in just to, to jump to the next question in the next video of the series, uh, you know, you talk about how, uh, to read the financials in an SEC filing uh you know now that we know where to find this information why should new microcap investors pay attention to revenue and profit
1: uh i think i mean so revenue and profit i think are the most important numbers to understand for a company because you know when you buy a stock you're buying at a certain valuation which implies a certain amount of profit usually whether that's profit they're generating today or in the future but i think you know to build A fundamental building block of what is a company worth which is ultimately going to determine whether you invest in them or not you need to understand how much money they're making or how much money they have the possibility to make and that is where revenue and profit come in you know the entire stock market is kind of guided by this principle of the PE ratio and paying a multiple for certain earnings and that's the framework of how we value companies and so I think you know if you don't know the earnings of a company then it's really tough to frame what the company should be worth and so that's why I think you need to start, you know, step by step by looking at the revenue and the profit of the business. And beyond that, you know, that can tell you a lot of insight just from the trend of like, is revenue up or is revenue down? You know, is the company growing or shrinking? You know, you can already start to get a lot of insight about what's going on in the trends just by looking at the income statement.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so, so uh, moving on, moving from there, you know, now, now, while this may seem my next question may seem very, very basic to most. You know, there are some people on here who are just getting started in their investing careers. You know, so Mm -hmm. starting with net sales, you know, can you explain step-by-step how you get to net income?
1: Yeah, totally. So on a higher level, net sales is basically revenue, um, just how much a company brings in. So if Tesla is selling 100,000 cars, for a hundred thousand dollars per car that's like 10 billion in revenue so you know that's their sales and so that kind of lets you start understanding what's happening because it's how much money is coming into the business before any expenses and so moving beyond that you kind of get to gross profit which is taking out the raw cost of the materials and labor associated with those products so if Tesla's selling a hundred thousand cars for hundred thousand dollars each and there's fifty thousand dollars worth of parts and labor that go into directly building that product then you get to the gross profit of fifty thousand per car or five billion across that business and so that's a really important metric to understand because that can kind of show you the future leverage of a company so that's why i think tesla is a really good example here of like I look, I like to look at the company's gross profit, which is growing really quickly and shows me that they're actually selling their cars at a profit, even though as a whole, the company's losing money because they're spending on other things that aren't the product. But this is a really key line because you can understand whether the product they're selling is in itself profitable. Um, And so then moving beyond that, you get to SG&A expenses, which is selling general administrative. These are things like employee salaries. These are the rent of the office of the firm um, and all this kind of thing. And so if you think about it, these are sort of more fixed than the amount of things you're selling that are generating revenue. So, um, so another way to think about that is, you know, if gross profit grows significantly, maybe we can keep our selling general and administrative line relatively flat because we don't need to buy a new office. And so you can see how the economics of the business change as each part of the business model kind of changes. Um, and then b- beyond that, you have R&D expenses, which are, you know, research and development for new products, pretty straightforward. Those aren't associated with the products they're selling. So that's why they're their own line item. And, uh, you know, at, once you take into account the SGNA and the R&D from the gross profit, you're left with the operating income, which is the most important number I look, um, I look at to kind of gauge whether a firm is profitable or not in its core business. Some people call this EBIT earnings before interest and taxes. Um, But this is kind of the core profit of the firm. And then beyond that, you have the interest expense. This would be, you know, if you the company took out debt and they're paying interest on a loan, then you see that. And the reason why this is separated is because, you know, that's not part of the core business, so to speak. That's, you know, extra interest they're paying on debt. If they paid off their debt, that wouldn't be an expense and they'd still be running the business the same way, which is why I like to look at that operating income number as the true sort of core earnings of the firm. And then below that, you have taxes, you know, pretty straightforward. And then after you pay your taxes, what's left is net income, um, which is also what some people refer to as kind of the profit of the firm. Mm-hmm.
0: So now the reason I ask these questions, just so everybody knows, you know, uh, Galileo goes over all this information in his videos that he posted on his YouTube channel, hyperchange.tv. So uh, so again, thank you for, for all of that. You know, just to follow up from from your explanation on uh, SEC filings and and looking at, at the income statement, you know, h- how long did it take you to feel comfortable researching this information? You know, what, was it hard?
1: Yeah, really hard. I mean, I've been investing for 10 years now, and it's a passion of mine. Like, I do hours and hours every week. I'm reading these filings, and I'm still not 100% comfortable. And so... You know, I don't know. I think it's just a really long process. And this is why, you know, investing like anything else in the world is not easy. And it requires a lot of hard work if you want to be good at it. And I think investing is almost more so the case of many other industries, because you can make a lot of money if you're good. So a lot of people are trying to get good at it. So I just think, you know, reading, there's a reason why almost nobody reads SEC filings, because it's really hard. And they're really complicated. And a lot of people think they're really boring. Mm. And so that, but that's the opportunity, is, and that, but that's why people aren't doing the work. And so, I just think it takes a lot of work. You're going to be uncomfortable almost all the time, but I think you have to be pushing yourself in that direction to really be able to learn and get some insight that's going to give you an advantage. Well,
0: what about it? What about it makes like makes you feel uncomfortable or or for you was uh, hard, you know? And why, why is it still hard? You know, what what are some of the things that you're doing to to make it a little bit easier on yourself other than just reading as many as you can?
1: Yeah. Um, I just think there's so many terms that you have to learn. Uh, Like, you know, every line that we just discussed on that step-by-step through the income statement has so many nuances to it. You know, there's so many... Um, and, and and you know these income statements are trying to capture what's going on in the business but they're not even giving you a full level of detail So I guess it's not that it's almost hard and uncomfortable to research but it's almost you always have to be uncomfortable because you'll you'll never really know what's going on under the hood of the company but the SEC filings, are just as close as you can get. SEC filings are incredibly fascinating because this is what tells you the strategy and the hard financials of any company. So that's why you know Tesla, even Amazon, like I'm not invested in Amazon or I'm not invested in Apple, but I read their SEC filings because I think these companies are changing the world. Their products and services are used by millions and billions of people and are super important. And the fact that you can go under the hood in these public documents and figure out the behind the scenes of how these firms work is so fascinating to me. Like, I, I just think studying that is incredibly interesting and like being able to see how much money Apple's making from the iPhone, what they're doing with that money, how they're reinvesting it, where they're choosing to allocate it and why, what they do with their cash position. Like, there's just so much. I think if you're a finance nerd, you're going to love that because it, it's fascinating and it's really the backbone of how the world's actually working. And you can go under the hood at the world's biggest companies. And, I, you know, they try to be as secretive as possible about what they're doing. And this is the law with like legally requiring them the most things they have to disclose. So I just think, you know, if you look at it from that lens, they're super fascinating documents. Um, but if that just doesn't make you tick, then I think you have an uphill battle because you're going to be up against people who do think they're interesting.
0: So you uh, you kind of discussed my next question a little bit already, kind of towards the beginning. But of all your experiences in investing, you know what what do you draw upon uh, the most as your greatest learning moment?
1: Definitely. There was a company, a big data microcap company I was invested in for probably three to four years that I just, you know they were latching onto the big data trend, you know, more people are going to use more data. I thought that was a sure thing. Uh, these guys were partnered with some of the largest companies in the world, moving data for them, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Goldman Sachs, you know, they're working with all these companies. Uh but I just had never talked to anybody that had used the product. And that was a huge flaw in the entire investment thesis. Like I read all these articles, I read all these blog posts about them, but I'd never actually talked to someone who said, this is a good product. Like if data increases, we're gonna buy more of this product because this is what helps us analyze more data. Like I just didn't have that insight from the customer perspective. And that after I kind of like threw in the towel there, I just had a huge insight, which was like, why am I going on this massive uphill battle to try and educate myself in an industry where I'm not an expert? I think you know like you have to play to your strengths you're probably an expert in so many things that you do every day like if you like coffee and you go to Starbucks Like, you should be thinking about coffee and food and beverage stocks because you're the customer and you probably have a lot of insight into that industry. You know, like, I went to Chipotle all the time five years ago. I never go there again. That's a huge unlock and insight for the company's value and their products. And so the biggest learning moment for me was, like, you have all these strengths and you're an expert in all these products and services already. Play to that because that's going to be a huge advantage for you. And then you don't have to go uphill trying to learn about entirely new industry. Mm
0: -hmm. so now you you gave a lot of advice for new microcap investors today however you know what would you like them to take away from this interview um
1: a couple things i think investing is just really hard um in general and that if you and but there is a clear way to get the edge like it, it is really hard and it's a lot of work but it's And in a lot of ways, you do have to think outside of the box. But starting with SEC filings itself, like every company has these. They're out there already. You know, you could stop listening to this podcast now and go to start reading one. So I think the biggest advice is just it's all about how much work you want to put in. The info is out there. You know how to access it. It's just about whether you want to put in the time to really understand it better than other people. Um, and I don't know one other thing that I personally have about the micro cap universe and maybe why I've gravitated away from it. And this is really frustrating for me because I love micro caps is that I feel like the greatest small cap and startup companies are not going public anymore. And they used to 20 or 30 years ago, or maybe even 10 years ago. But for some reason, the, like the startups that I want to invest in that are disrupting industries that are technologies I think are going to get way bigger in 10 years are not going public. And so it's been hard for me to find companies in the microcap space that I can connect with personally. And so I don't know how that plays out to new investors, but that's just kind of a worrying trend I've seen in the space that I hope reverses soon.
0: For sure. So, uh, you know, where where can our audience then go and find more information about you and uh, your YouTube channel?
1: Yeah. So if you go to youtube.com slash hyperchange TV, you can watch, subscribe. Um, All the videos are on there. It's pretty straightforward. I also blog on Seeking Alpha a lot. My name is Galileo Russell, just my normal name. Um, And yeah, I'd say those are the best two places where I post most of my investment research.
0: And and can people follow you on Twitter? Oh, definitely.
1: Yeah, I should have said that. Uh, At G-F-I-L-C-H-E. I'm on Twitter. And I usually am retweeting tech and Tesla news, so fair warning. <laughs> nice. So, Galileo,
0: I wanna thank you so much for joining me today and uh, yeah, look forward to, to watching the next video in the series.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm a big fan of this podcast, so awesome to come on. Thank you. No, thank you.
0: Thank you all for tuning in to the Planet Microcap podcast and thank you, Galileo, again for coming on to the program. You can access the podcast by going on to stocknewsnow.com under podcast, go to podbean.com and search Planet Microcap Podcast, or on iTunes and search Planet Microcap Podcast. Stay tuned for the next Planet Microcap Podcast, where we'll have our next guest to discuss all things microcap. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast, please send an email to info at com. I'd love to hear from all of you. This podcast has been brought to you by SNN Incorporated, publishers of stocknewsnow.com, the official microcap news source, and the microcap review magazine. I'm your host, Robert Kraft, and thank you again for joining me on the Planet Microcap Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.